Welcome to Behind the Mic, exploring the media world in the 21st century. I'm James Marriott. I've been meeting people right across the industry to see exactly what they do, how things have changed, and what they think the future might have in store. Season two of the show is focusing on the subject of PR, public relations. It's a word we all know and use, but what does it really mean? How has the role of PR changed and what impact does it really have in today's current social media-obsessed world? We'll speak to a variety of PR professionals from a wide range of backgrounds to learn about their career path and how they've seen the industry develop. Today I'm going behind the mic with Neil Anderson, who runs Neil Anderson Media. So, Neil, hello. Thank you very much for talking to me today. Thank you for having me. So, I mean, all roles in PR seem to differ kind of a little. So just kind of explain to me kind of what what you do, if you would do, please. Uh, I represent uh, a raft of different clients, and it's my job, I suppose, to work out who their target customers are or existing customers, and I need to um, put their messages about what they're doing in front of their target audiences it's changed a lot in um in many years at one time you were just uh, using journalists to be the kind of broadcast of your messages these days putting out messages you know you've got a whole uh, list of media channels in terms of you know social media channels to journalists so it's you know it's, it's quite a, an intricate operation these days so, um, you know, the, the letters PR are something that we've all heard many, many times over the years. Um, but I find it quite interesting and it's quite a general question, really, to see, you know, how do you define PR? I think that's a, a straight, yeah, I, I always think I've always seen PR as uh, to say it's an industry that's very much about managing uh, image reputation. I always think PR itself struggled with its own image and own reputation and actually defining what it's all about. For me, it's really trying to manage a company's reputation. I think there's nothing more important than building a, a reputation, building a brand. And it's something, you know, that can be really the kind of, that, that can kind of um, build your market and their kind of connection with a particular brand. So for me, PR is the vehicle that you can really kind of build that band, build that reputation by consistently uh, delivering messages to, you know, the target markets, the target customers, and where, you know, you have to be consistent, you build that, and you're always looking at more kind of innovative ways to keep your customers out there um, more than their rivals, really. So it's just a kind of good feel. So for me, I have to be, I need to understand the brands that I'm representing. I need to understand or kind of advise, you know, the way they deliver their messages, the kind of language they use, the pictures they use, the moving image, that kind of thing. Um, So it's, you know, it's generally a a fast moving industry and you you never get bored because there's always kind of something happening. So for me, it's kind of managing reputations. And what's um, what's your background then, Neil? How do you kind of find yourself here today? Uh, not particularly orthodox. Certainly when I started in PR, there wasn't really much of a career structure. I started in, um, wow, quite a few years ago, 95, 96, when I came out of university. 
And the first time I got a job, anything like PR, I was working in the publicity office of Sheffield City Hall. That was when I wrote my first ever press release, which I absolutely loved all that. And then I was lucky enough to get an opening within the PR office of Sheffield City Council. That was totally different. Again, that was representing the politicians. It was writing statements. It was delivering messages from the council and I became very good at what we call damage limitation that was when you know there was an issue in anything at that time in Sheffield Meadow Hall had not been open very long so we were getting a lot of um, a lot of um, animosity about why the council had given the okay to open Meadow Hall when it was having such a negative impact on the city centre and their traders a lot of my work was justifying why we'd done that why We'd allowed Supertram to be installed, that the city was kind of torn up by Supertram installation. And we were also under the cosh because of um, something we had in Sheffield called the World Student Games, where, um, uh, again, that was seen as costing the city outrageous amounts of money, but not delivered the kind of return on the investment. So that most of my, that seemed to be my day-to-day, justifying why we'd done things. Um, so I came very good at how to present things in the right way, how to deal. We were dealing a lot with the national media, the broadsheets, the tabs, tabloids. And again, I absolutely loved it. I love, you know, when we were at Tekka, a politician up to BBC Look North or say, right, you know, you'd advise them what to say. And it was, you know, it was, it was an interesting world. And then a few years later, I set up on my own and I've been doing it ever since. It's really interesting here you mentioned the World Student Games because every time I either drive up or down or get a tram up or down Netherthorpe Road and see the, the apartment blocks there that were built weren't they, for, the, for the World Student Games and it just kind of reminds me of it. I was, I was quite young and don't really remember much about the games themselves but always remember those apartment blocks. No, they were all transformed for that and it say it was a big, big investment by the town hall and uh, yeah, but it say that the the negative impacts or say the political ramifications went on for years. Well, I'll still go on about the amount of the, that, it, that it cost the city. Do you remember the kind of exact moment where it just clicked in your mind and you thought, right, this is what I want to do? It was the first time I actually wrote a, the press release, uh, the humble press release is probably what we call the, the, the main medium. Or, we, or in essence, it's actually writing a story or a message on behalf of a client it's on the side of a4 paper or you know on on a um, on, on an email and that's the uh, medium we call to deliver a particular message and i think it was the first time i'd i'd written what we call it i'd written a press release i'd sent it to a newspaper and it was on the front of the newspaper and they hadn't changed a single word i thought <laughs> wow they've used my words i'm my god i can write uh, and i think that i thought this is really exciting uh, and i think it was also the first time i was sat in a bar and i overheard a conversation and there was somebody reading back or talking about what i'd written in a press release and they were they were they were they were taking it as fact obviously everything i do is fact but <laughs> the fact you you'd actually crafted a message you'd actually put it out there into the media People had read it and people were talking about it and it was influencing them. I thought, wow, this, you know, this, this industry has got power. I see how it works. And yeah, so that, that was probably the moment I thought, yeah, I'd like to do more of this. Brilliant. Um, obviously, the media world's changed quite a bit over the, uh, over the years. Um, how has kind of what you do sort of changed as the rest of the industry's changed? Oh, yeah. The, the PR industry has absolutely changed so much. I think, say, there's been points it's probably struggled in terms of its direction, what it should be doing. Uh, I find it, uh, I probably find it a far easier 
industry now with the rise of social media, digital media, the amount of channels that we have to deliver messages. Um, I think a lot of the time it's actually, again, it's having clients and, in, and kind of keeping up with the different platforms because things change so much on social media, on digital platforms, on kind of blogging and websites. And now there are just so many platforms to deliver messages and, and it's actually finding the ones for your clients. Um, and again, I found, certainly the last couple of years, I've found what I'm doing, um, being able to write very well, be able to tell stories that I'm being kind of re rediscovered in many ways. I think people have thought, in many respects, social media was the magic bullet, you know, that, that that's and that anybody could do it. And I think people are now realizing that, you know, that, that, that um, certainly storytelling, you know, is a big buzzword at the moment. And, and I'm finding certainly the power of what I do, a strong pre a press release that can totally cut through the social media noise and have a massive impact within, you know, maybe a couple of hours of putting out a story about a particular client. This question probably links to, to, to that quite well, but um, how important do you think the role of PR is in this kind of you know day and age when people, companies can communicate directly to their customers using social media and email marketing lists and, and things like that? Um, how important is the role that, that, that you do and, and that other people in PR do still kind of um, you know valid in this day and age? I've certainly found my work more, probably more in demand now than it has ever been. Uh, amazingly even though as you say so many people you know have had a go at social media but I think certainly what I do uh, I, I, I can probably see the big picture I can see how many so many of these different mediums work even though say say newspapers even though they the printed page uh, in terms of sales has dropped through the floor their their digital platforms or their Facebook platforms Twitter they're absolutely massive and they have amazing power and they for me they can supercharge a brand they can supercharge a story and not many people know how, how to actually craft content that, that can actually be picked up by those channels so you know anybody obviously can put a post on Facebook Twitter but they can't get it on the or they they, they don't know how to get it onto maybe the platform you know of a, of a national newspaper or a magazine or a major you know in, into the um, editorial of a, a major blogger I have that kind of expertise so I know exactly how it works so I think for me PR is, is probably more important now than it's ever been I'm hoping you've got a crystal ball hidden away somewhere. So I'm <laughs> going to ask you uh, how you think the future will, will shape up for PR. I think for me, I, I think probably PR companies maybe need to start uh, having more of their probably own uh, platforms to be, you know, be able to distribute their own uh, content more, to have more maybe of a following and maybe some of them should possibly help to take up the mantle uh, or the void that seems to be left by maybe the lack of so many kind of local newspapers uh, around these days. So I think there's a, you know, I think maybe, I think for me, the future's very much kind of um, unwritten. And I think actually a lot of PR companies or the PR industry generally has struggled with its kind of direction, uh, say, I think it was very slow getting to the, um, you know, getting on board with kind of social media. Uh, but I think, you know, it, it, you know, I think it's starting to kind of find its uh, find its feet. Uh, but I sadly haven't got that crystal ball, which I, I wish I had. 
You mentioned earlier about um, damage limitation being something you've done quite a lot of mm. work on. I, I find that sort of quite interesting because it's kind of more, um, has more of a sort of a negative feel to it than kind of when you think of traditional PR, which is trying to get publicity for good things that are happening and, and, and things like that. Um, how difficult is, is that? It's just uh, another discipline. Uh, I think it's been able to keep a clear head when all sorts of craziness is uh, is kicking off. Uh, I think probably the one I remember most was the, uh, we had something in Sheffield called the National Centre for Popular Music. Um, and I was drafted in for the last few months of that to try and get some good news out there because they were actually um, they were actually going they were actually trying to get uh, the creditors that were owed wow outrageous amounts of money vote in favour of taking only a fraction of what they are owed to give this centre uh, another chance and I have never seen such a, a media circus and, and it, again it's, it's been able to kind of keep a clear head and if you're kind of in the kind of complete line of fire, it's very stressful if you've got kind of media at you, kind of attacking you, wanting statements, and you know you're having to lay off staff. You've got customers dissatisfied. You know it's 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 a terror. You know it's a terrible position. And, and I think you need somebody that's just kind of one step removed that can help you on kind of what to say, when to say it, to say it in the right way. And also to kind of keep you out of the uh, firing line. I'm working for a client at the moment uh, that are about to have to lay off staff and close down uh, a business, but they also have other businesses and they need to kind of keep that reputation. And I'm advising this client, you know, you cannot be in front of a, a camera. You need to let me write the statements on behalf of, you know, of you. You, you, you know, you can't be put in the position because the media know exactly what to ask you. They will trip you up because you are not used to being in that position. So let me handle it for you. I will tell you, you know, when to release the statements. I will do it on your behalf. I will tell you, you know, who to speak to, who not to speak to. So just like anything, there are ways and means of doing it but I've, you know, so I think that's the one thing that life in in local government kind of gave me a good grounding of because my everyday <laughs> seems to be damage limitation and it doesn't bother me I know exactly how to handle it what um what campaign or piece of work do you look back on um and kind of think of most fondly I have there's been many I still get a buzz when you say you see a story that's really kind of goes big goes big nationally I think one I enjoyed was um, it was for a for a, a Derbyshire artist, and uh, she was looking for national publicity for an exhibition, and she actually did. Um, she did artwork of animals, and generally, to your average art critic, they are not interesting. The, 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 it was just not a thing that kind of would get them excited. So I thought, right, we need to be innovative how the how the way we do, we do this. And this particular artist, she'd just been over to India. Uh, she actually went for, for, for months at a time actually going out into the, the wild and sketching animals and what have you and she talked about that she spoke to loads of uh, locals uh, out in India and they all talked about they'd seen the Yeti I thought and she'd said she'd done this like handwritten sketch of of, of these uh, of, of these things I thought it well you know it, there, there'd been no time gone into this sketch you know this artist would normally spend days on these amazing artwork but I thought wow the yeti there's something here and my and we were chatting to my colleague in the office and he said if she spoke to lots of locals couldn't we call it the first yeti photo fit 
I thought, oh, that's a real, that's got a really nice ring to it. I thought, right, yeah, we can do with this. And we put this press release together. And we actually thought we need some backing. We actually found a, a centre for monster studies, which you've never even heard of. <laughs> but they gave this fantastic quote saying it was the most important find since the dinosaurs or something. It was amazing. I thought this was a really good press release. And we put this press release out. And within two hours, it was in the New York Times. It was in the way wow. it was. It went absolutely global. Uh, and when this artist opened up this little exhibition in Derbyshire, they'd got ABC News. They were just queuing up. It was like an absolute media circus. Wow. And it was amazing. So that, I look back at that very fondly thinking, wow, did we really make that happen? That's fantastic. It sounds kind of made up when you, uh, when you sell it now. It's just bizarre. It's just, I think say it was just putting all, I think it's knowing the different pieces of the jigsaw that you know to make a story, you know, really strong. Um, I'm not going to ask you to kind of name any names here, but um, what is the worst bit of PR you've ever seen? I think it's normally when people don't know how to handle it. I think it's I think it's actually knowing when people are persuaded to go um, when it's probably normally damage limitation when people are are persuaded to go in front of the TV cameras or to a reporter. They are totally um, they've no idea what they're doing. You know, you can see the sweat pouring down their faces. You know they're kind of causing terrible, terrible um, uh, negatives to the brand they are representing. You think you just want to get all of them saying, please, just let me do this. You just kind of sit at home. Let me write the statements. Because I've often kind of represented, because I'm used to kind of being in front of a camera and knowing what to say. So I think it's that. Um, and final question from, from me, um, obviously PR always been kind of a popular career path. If there's anyone that's listening that kind of sees it as something that they'd like to do, uh, what advice would you give to, to anyone who's interested in kind of exploring PR? I'd say I think it's a very, say I just, I think there's just so, there are a lot more opportunities these days because I think certainly with the rise of social media, a lot more people, you know, are using, uh, at one time, obviously, you know, you either used a PR company like me or you took out an took out an advert. That was it. That was just two sides of the you know the media coin. Now there's it's absolutely infinite. You know the amount of different jobs on you know on kind of social content and blogging and so on. So if it's something that interests you, do it. But definitely learn to learn how to write. Learn how to write well. You know, do a journalism course and you know cut your teeth that way. Well, Neil, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much to Neil for his time. You can also find his books online as well if you give them a quick search. Now check out the rest of this season of Behind the Mic for some more perspectives on the world of PR and the role it plays in today's media. Hit the subscribe button to get new episodes as they're released. If you'd like to suggest a guest or get in contact with me for any reason, head to j.media, that's j-a-e.media, and speak to you next time. <laughs>